as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. You are listening to the Christian Music Archive podcast part of the new release today podcast network. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. Each week I share stories about Christ, community, and music, chatting with musical guests who you will find listed on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. There are thousands of creative men and women who have helped shape the soundtrack of the Christian faith, and we get to hear their stories, learn about how Christ has made a difference in their life, and hopefully along the way, we'll learn how we can be a better part of our community. Hello, friend. I'm glad you chose to push play on this podcast today. This episode is a good one for many reasons, but if you're a worship leader in your church or youth group or ministry, this might be an especially interesting episode for you. Today, I'm speaking with a couple of guys who have dedicated their lives to training worship leaders. What does it mean to lead worship? What songs should you choose? Do you use a band or a solo leader? These questions and more will be answered in today's episode, so stick around. I'm excited to tell you about Shalom Africa, another ministry of Mercy Inc. Shalom Africa is a holistic outreach to individuals in Kenya, Togo, the Dominican Republic of Congo, and Uganda. These countries are part of the tension belt in Africa. That's kind of a line between the predominantly Christian countries in the South and the predominantly Muslim countries in the North. Shalom Africa teaches reading, writing, and basic math skills, as well as provides mentorship through agricultural and micro-enterprise businesses. By teaching these basic skills, they also have the opportunity to share about Christ through evangelism and discipleship. And ultimately, the goal of Shalom Africa is to introduce people to a personal relationship with Jesus. To learn more about these practical methods of discipleship, head on over to christianmusicarchive.com mercy. And thanks for being the hands and feet of Jesus to those living in the tension belt. Today, I welcome the founders of the Worship Initiative to the podcast. Shane Barnard and Shane Everett met in college and have been making music together ever since. According to my count, they have 28 albums and more than a dozen projects for the Worship Initiative. We're going to talk about the difference with those. These guys have devoted their lives to equipping worship leaders, and I'm eager to hear their thoughts on using music as part of worship. They've also just released a brand new album. We're going to talk a little bit about that and play a song. So, Join me in welcoming to the podcast, Shane and Shane. Yay! The crowd goes wild. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it might be helpful because, you know, most conversations I can say, Bill, George, um, so do I call you thing one or thing two, or do I call you, this is my brother Shane and my other brother Shane, or how do we do this? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it, it, what we answer to whatever. So, like, we talk. In, in our little circle here, B and E, but so he's Bernard, I'm Everett. So like, I think when, when we're both in the same room, they'll be like, Hey E or Hey B. So you could do that. Or you could just say Shane and see what happens. I think we'll roll the dice and see who answers <laughs> which, right? That's right. <laughs> 
Well, let's get started. Talk a little bit about how you guys got started. If I remember right, you guys met in college, right? Was it Texas and A and M? We did. Yep, so how did correct. that whole thing come about? Well, I transferred there my junior year, and uh, I was a, a pretty green believer. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Came to Christ in high school, and uh, when I came to Christ, I learned GCD and E minor <laughs> as. Uh, was, you know, taught to me in my discipleship process. And then I got <laughs> baptized. <laughs> uh, and I, so I knew a handful of songs, you know, singing, playing, that wasn't my thing. Uh, it was not, it had, had, it took up zero brain space of like, this is what I'm going to do or what I do. I never knew anybody in a band. I didn't grow up with any music. And so I did, however, sing about 20 worship songs Okay. With the, with those same four chords. And <laughs> you can do a and bunch a of worship songs with those four chords. You can oh, yeah. do pretty much all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so uh, we would get together on Saturday nights in our apartment and we would just worship Jesus. And uh, it was like nine o'clock. And um, at that moment in time, actually until now, I mean, God's been doing like such a huge work. At Texas A and M, where that's at, so it would just be flooded with people. I mean, our apartment, people would think it was a party. I mean, there's just as many people who could fit. Wow! Um, and we would just lift our voices to God, and uh, and so my roommates asked me to play this concert. They were in a, involved in a in a Christian organization, and uh, they're like, you know, several artists were playing in a field, and they're like, you could. You, you know, we need a two o'clock spot. I think you're the one. And I was terrified <laughs> and my guitar didn't plug in. I had no reason for it to plug in. Um, never even had, didn't even know what that meant really. Uh -huh. um, but this guy down the street named Shane, his guitar did plug in. Uh -huh. And so I went down the street, borrowed his guitar and uh, we didn't really become friends until maybe like a, a two or three months later, Shane actually came to Christ a couple of weeks after that concert mm. um, in a bar. He was like in a, he was in a pretty hip bar band, like just to, to like pay for school. Yeah. And he, he was waiting for the check at like two in the morning and the lights came on in the bar and literally the lights came on in his heart and he gave his life to Christ. He did grow up in the church. So he'd heard the gospel um, and his life was for, literally forever changed. And so he, he, um, you know, walked, walked down the aisle, this, this old Baptist church and, you know, moved out with the girl and broke up with the band and all the, all the things. Wow. It's all true. All wow. true. And, uh, and so, you know, my, my buddies who were new buddies for me, um, at the time we saw, we would see him singing in this church choir and just laugh. Cause he didn't, he didn't even know the words. I mean, it was just, he was just happy. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, he, we kind of grafted him in. And uh, after that concert that I played, which was horrible, and I screamed really loud and strummed really fast uh, and had this record called Shane and Caleb because I was playing with this, this guy named Caleb, whom I just mm -hmm. met. And, uh, and, but people started to call and, uh -huh. uh, you know, probably curious about the screaming and strumming. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, we would go and Shane would come with us. And within a year, it was Shane and Shane singing psalms. Yeah. Because we, we didn't know what else to sing. Mm. I mean, just no, no grid for anything, you know. Yeah. So it's like, didn't they used to sing the psalms? So we did a record and he's like, Shane, you're Shane, I'm Shane. <laughs> psalms. Yeah. Psalms. Yeah. And so the rest is, they say, is history. 
Yeah. You so know, was it Shane and Shane because it was Shane and Caleb and you just wanted to keep it Shane and Shane or did you bat around <laughs> other names for bands? No, well, my name was Shane and his name's Shane. So it was just like, who's coming? Well, Shane's coming and Shane's coming. That's pretty much how it went. Yeah. So I, I don't remember even having a thought about yeah, it. Yeah, we never honestly. even thought about it. Yeah. So you kind of alluded to the fact that uh, you you did the Psalms because that was kind of what you knew to do, but you were writing your own stuff, weren't you? Were you putting music to original Psalms or how would, how was that kind of coming about those, the songs on the Psalms project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, honestly, for me, it was, it was just what I was going, a lot of what I was going through and I was writing that record. I mean, God was doing a, a huge work in my heart. Um, it was actually in a season where like my, my physical body was broken and all kinds of like, physical like anxiety and all these different things that that were very foreign to me hmm. um hit and so i had like a couple of years where i was not well and and i was just in in, in the literal desert I actually moved back out to west texas hmm. and uh and in a in a spiritual desert of sorts but it was in that place that god responded to me so you know the psalms record really was like a it was a journal it was more of like singing through the Psalms. And again, I didn't really know what else to do in song. It's yeah. not like I was, you know, trying to write some Christian radio hit. I didn't even know what that was. I had no, you know, I had no grid for that kind of thing. It was just, just devotionally singing through the scriptures um, was, was what that record was. And, and, uh, and which actually paved the way for, for the most part of, of how I write still to this day. Mm-hmm. So, um it was it was a sweet sweet time of God breaking me and speaking tenderly to me. Well, yeah. I was I interviewed Graham Kendrick a few weeks back. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a, a British writer of tons of worship songs that we've been singing. In fact, you guys know who he is. I know you do. Mm-hmm. But um he was saying that one of the things that helped him was the psalm surfing, which is that thing of just literally singing right off the page out of the Bible mm-hmm. and how, how impactful those songs were. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I find it interesting that a lot of times we come back to the Psalms as kind of the root of where we're doing in, mu- in music. Well, I, I was kind of curious because Shane E, you, you were kind of a top 40 band in the, in the, in the bars. Was that a push to, or did you ever want to go that direction? Or when you were saved, it was just like, that's all behind me. I'm going full on worship. You know, I mean, I don't think that I ever really, uh, I, I never had any aspirations to do music. Like, mm. uh, I mean, I, I, when I was in high school, uh, I had to have an arts credit. Uh, you know, I, Shane, you know, and I both, I mean, we didn't grow up in families that were artistic mm. by, by any, like there, there was zero art, artistic <laughs> flavor around our i mean i don't know if my parents have ever read a book uh (laughs) and or or drew anything or i mean well his dad did would paint like murals on the side of the house which is really interesting of of mariachis (laughs) mariachis. (laughs) it's just another story but uh you know i got into choir for arts credit in uh my junior year in high school and i could sing a little bit and that that was kind of news to me and my family. And, and then when I got, when I went to a and I mean, I was going, I, I mean, I was going for business and I thought mm. that's what I was going to do. Yeah. And then, 
a friend of mine in high school that was his band that was playing and their lead singer went for an internship and they had a couple shows. And so he's like, Hey, my buddy sang in high school. Maybe he can fill in for these two things. And I did. And then, you know, they were like, Oh man, you can sing pretty good. Uh, what if we did some more shows? And then eventually that turned into me kind of running this band because we would play at parties and we would rent a room out and, and I just did it because I was like, oh man, the people will come if you play top 40 songs and I could make a better living than, yeah. than uh, you know, working at Starbucks. And so <laughs> that's kind of what I did. And then it just kind of, it grew out of that. And, but still zero aspirations to do music. Like it was just something that I did to have fun and, yeah. and help pay for school. And when I got saved, I, I kind of, you know, I, coming out of that lifestyle and turning to the things of the Lord and just getting saved. I mean, I was very like, I mean, I went like from one di- one direction to a completely different direction yeah. to the point of just like, it, even if somebody drank wine, I would be like, oh man, they're sinners. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was like, I mean, it was like, I went hard. Yeah. And I mean, even those early years in, in my walk, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, I think both of us were pretty like really legalistic in a lot of ways, but hadn't really ever read the Bible. You know, Mm -hmm. we were just like starting to like get into the scriptures. And I think the Lord was extremely patient with us. And we were just two kids that wanted to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that we could and we didn't have any aspirations to do this. We knew we wanted to, to, to love the Lord. And we knew we wanted to tell people about him and people would call and like, Hey, could you guys come and sing some songs for our youth group or in a coffee shop or whatever? And we just said, yes. And, and we still had zero desire to do this for a living. Interesting. You know, like none. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't, I, I mean, I say that out loud, but it's just like, this was zero and we were just doing camps and disciple nows and lock-ins and college groups and whatever it was, we just would say yes. And over the course of, you know, three years or so, I mean, then we, in 2001, we were like, maybe we should, maybe we should do this, yeah. you know? And we've been singing together for a few years before that, but we never even like made like a, I don't think we ever had a commitment to each other or any, by or to anybody, yeah. you know, yeah, we were just like, sure, we'll come. And I think we're, you know, kind of going back to Shane and Shane, it was just like, yeah, Shane's coming and Shane's coming, <laughs> but there was zero. We thought about that maybe never early on. It was just, yeah, we'll come sing some songs and Shane would write some songs, but it wasn't like he was like a songwriter, like where he sat around and thought, man, I'm going to write a song for to church or sing or whatever. It's like, Hey, let's do a record. Maybe we'll write some songs. And it was, it was all pretty like loose. So it's not like some of these kids who they grew up all the time. I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be singing. I'm going to try. It's just, it's kind of just what you did. Yeah. It's what we did. We didn't even know that that was, that was a a thing. I mean, we both grew up so blue collar, you know, Mm -hmm. my dad did paint manufacturing. His dad did road construction. I don't, I don't think we ever, (laughs) ever had any thought about that. You know, it's like, 
if you couldn't kick it or hit it or build it, we we, we didn't have any. <laughs> you know, we we just hadn't we didn't have any. Yeah, no grid. You know, for that. But I think the Lord in His in His kindness knew that about us. You mm-hmm. know, and everybody's journey is different. Right. You know, I think for us, I, I think the Lord was writing our story and kind of dragging us along uh, in a way where I don't think we ever would have pursued it if, if it didn't happen the way that it did. And, and I think the Lord has given us more of a heart for what we do yeah. and the importance of what we do. And, and I think continues to pour a stronger desire importance mm-hmm. to what we do than we've ever had, you know? And I mean, He's brought different scriptures to mind, but like one over the past few years is Colossians 3.16 that says, May the word of Christ dwell richly in you as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom through singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratefulness to God in your heart. He landed that, I mean, he kind of landed that plane a few years ago for us, and I think we got a new zeal for even what we did because Mm -hmm. it's just like, ultimately we want the word of Christ to dwell richly in us and we want it to dwell richly in his body. And so how do we do that? You know, well, uh, one way is what that scripture says. We want to teach and admonish. We're not coming to entertain. We're coming to teach and admonish one another through singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so for us, it kind of like, I, I think kindled something in us that was just like, okay, this is some, this is really important what we get to do, and yeah. this is we want the bride of Christ to love Jesus, and we want to love Jesus as a part of that bride. And so, uh, I, I think over the course of time, I think the Lord has kind of codified that vision and heart in us, mm-hmm. um, in in a few guys who I don't think had any vision for that early on, you know, and that's been a grace that has been our story. I think the Lord is right. Everybody's story is, is so individual and and that's how it's really cool. How personal our God is and how he is building his kingdom. Well, I hear you talk about the journey that God took you through. And I, and I think of other folks that have done this and they become a worship pastor or they help lead uh, with their youth group or something, but you guys have taken that even a step further, creating this worship initiative. You talk about the passion of helping people understand how to bring the scriptures and bring the music into their worship. What what was the impetus behind saying, we need to take this bigger and make this organization that is doing some amazing things, and, may, and we'll talk a little bit about what the worship initiative is, maybe, and then let's talk about how did that become the focus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think part of the impetus of that was uh, we did a songwriting class for five years um, with some college students through our church. What we began to see is a lot of these students who largely were grew up in the church, were in college to do full time ministry, were either super immature, had no like we were. <laughs> had knew nothing about the Bible or they didn't know the Lord at all. Um, they were just pursuing a passion to be in front of a lot of eyes and get hand claps and mm. all the things. Yeah. Um, uh, a passion quote for music um, and, a, and what that comes along with, not yeah. a passion for Jesus. And man, that just really put a lot of fuel on the fire of 
God started to, to, to stir up ambition in us to want to pour into people. And, uh, and then, you know, he sent a handful of people around us at just the right time, um, to make sense of, of taking on something like the worship initiative. Um, and the worship initiative just being that place that we would get to work on people's, um, or be a part of God, just like pouring in to people's lives, like the, their calling and the vision and that, like a desire for his word. And, you know, like using songs, even songs that people know to push people into God's word and wrap them in God's word and, and, you know, use worship songs as a carrot to get mm. musicians in and then, and then try to use a site that would kind of lead them into these different um, pathways that, that end in encountering the Lord Jesus through, through his work. Yeah. And, uh, and we still have a passion for that um, for sure of, you know, just seeing <clears throat> Jesus come back. Yeah. Um, I love the John Piper quote of uh, missions exists because worship doesn't. Mm. And that's a pretty mind blowing radical quote, yeah. but um, m- the main reason why mission on the earth exists is because there's 3.2 some odd billion people who don't worship Jesus. And the, the, the thought of like pouring into a group of people who stand in front of many to sing Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs so that the word of Christ would dwell richly, not in just the worship pastor, but as they do that, a congregation, like the word of Christ would dwell richly, which means that they would buy into this thought that they are loved by God, that yeah. their sins not bigger than the blood of Jesus. They would buy into this thought that they've been crucified with Christ. They're not even their own and that they would be sent out yeah. into the, into the world. And that would, that would, that we would be able to be a part of that, of walking with people and creating some, some vocabulary, some prayer language from God's word, putting it into music in a way that people would love him more and be sent out on the earth. So talk about what the worship initiative does. I mean, you kind of talked about what your hope is, but what's the elevator pitch? What is the worship initiative? So yeah, it's an online platform and you get to be a part of uh, thousands of videos. So we have several hundred, almost 400 songs and tons and tons of like heart training videos, craft training videos, coaching videos, tutorial videos. Um, as it regards to your instrument, whether you play the drums, bass, guitar, electric, at all, yeah. singer, whatever, or or as it pertains to the Word of God, so just training courses and that. And so, a lot of the site hinges on uh, uh, songs. And so, every song, say ten thousand reasons. Mm-hmm. If you and click on ten thousand reasons, it's going to take you to a page that is just a world of resources around that song. So you'll have um, charts in every key and you'll have videos of every instrument up close with your part loud in the mix. It's the actual video most of the time that we played on the actual record that you would hear on iTunes or Spotify. So it's just a close up look to what we we did on the song yeah. as a musician. And we have easy versions. So if like you're just a beginner, we have easy guitar, easy piano. And then it has devotion like an original devotional um, that we wrote or other really amazing writers wrote, um, scripture tagging you know, through the song. And so that you can like, you know, reference a scripture and the scripture will send you to a, a song written around that scripture. Yep. Um, but basically, yeah, each song, it has a, has a world of resources around 
around that song. And, um, and so it's, it's a, you know, a resource for a church worship band that, uh, we're meeting you at just the front lines. And so, man, I got someone who's just learned the bass and I need a part and they can all log on, all see the same set list at, for your group. And the, the bass player can go to this thing and pull up a bass video, close up look of like here, here's exactly what I need to do, exactly what I need to know. And the same with every other instrument. you can click on the icon. Here's how you sing the harmony part. It's loud in the mix. Yeah. And so we're just kind of go, okay, let's make some resources that meet you on the, like the front lines of what you're doing, like what everybody really needs. Yeah. And then also let's like supply it with really great devotional biblical content. So like you can come around, you know, a devotional every time you get together around a song that you're singing. Um, we have a free devotional app that has, a daily devotional that's in that has a music bed underneath it. And it goes, you know, out of a worship song into a worship song. And um, that's just a free app for anybody. You don't have to be a subscriber for that, but, um, but yeah, hopefully gives you a little, a little bit of an overview. Yeah. It, and it plugs, it plugs the people in technically and spiritually yeah. into how to be, be worship leaders. And it, and I spent a little bit of time on there for folks Worship pastors know this. It, it, it integrates directly into Planning Center, which is is yep. really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got songs, you've got old hymns, you've got new stuff. So let's talk a little bit about worship songs. What would what would each of your favorite hymn be? Talking about worship, we're talking about old stuff. Maybe the authors aren't alive anymore. Mm-hmm. So what each of you? What's your favorite hymn and why? Mm. I would have to say mine right now is a is a this is this may sound a, little, a tad bit arrogant, but it's a hymn that I co-wrote with Fanny Crosby. Interesting. Yes, isn't that? Because she's been dead for a long time. Yeah. And this sister wrote a hymn or a poem called "My Portion," you know, in and probably eighteen sixties, yeah, something like that. And that poem has, uh, you know, maybe a year ago surfaced. <clears throat> Um, nobody's seen it or heard it. A buddy of mine brought it. And so she wrote the verses to the song. And then, you know, him and I and another guy wrote um, the chorus and the bridge. I see thy hand, my Savior. It guides me day by day. I know that thou art with me through all my pilgrimage. Yeah, no thoughts so precious, so full of joy to me. Is this thou art my portion and shalt forever be? Hallelujah. What a Savior. Love it so much, yeah. um, and that that thought of God being everything that I need and everything that uh, just being literally my everything, my portion in yeah. this life and the yes. next is uh, is very near and dear. So Psalm seventy three is really um, my favorite psalm. Okay. Um, 
Psalm, around verse 25, who do I have in heaven and you? The earth has nothing I desire but you. My heart and flesh may fail, but you're the strength of my heart and my portion. And um, which I probably pretty, uh, I, I, you know, I would be willing to bet that that was a big part of her writing that song, My Portion. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that's that's my favorite right now. And it's it's uh, it's what I want to say to him right now. Cool. For sure. Fun tidbit. Fanny yeah. Crosby is a relative of mine. Get out of here. That's what my mom is a genealogist, and she found that we're related to Fanny Crosby. Way, way Get out of here. Yeah, kind of fun. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. She's one of those people that I look forward to hanging out with. Yeah. Yeah. What a dear, what a dear sister. Cheney, what about you? What's Man, your favorite hymn? I, I, I mean, I'm, I was trying to think about it. I mean, we, we kind of, over the past few years, we lived... We lived in the hymns for a few years. We we did a we did a few records. You know, Shane and I didn't really grow up with a lot of hymns. Like mm-hmm. we kind of know them like a little bit, but we didn't grow up in. So we got to live in them a lot. But man, I think like this "Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus" hymn. Jesus. about that but like when you ask well that's the first thing that came to my mind when you asked a question uh man i just love love that thought i mean that is just such a a precious song uh that yeah so i would say tis so sweet and i just looked it up 1860 when that was written i i think if i were had put on the spot i would say mine is the love of god uh Mm. written by i think it's fm still but mm-hmm. the imagery of could we with ink the ocean fill mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. the sky with parchment made and every reed on earth a quill to write the love of God would take forever. Yeah. I just love that imagery of mm-hmm. his, his love for us is so, um, so huge that we can't even, if we had all the resources in the world, we couldn't document it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's well, good. what about your favorite modern worship song? Let's make it a song you didn't write. What what song, if you if you could take credit for a song, a modern worship song that's out there right now, which <clears> one would you win? Which one? Oh, in, in Christ, Christ alone. alone yeah. By far. Yeah. It, I just could sing. We sing that song most of the, I, I mean, for the last five years, probably 200 times a year. Mm-hmm. And I just, it just never, it has just never gotten old to me. I love it. That song's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of brings me to the next question is, it seems like right now uh, the the kind of trend in worship is every church now is putting out their own worship album. Mm -hmm. And so we've got tons of new stuff out there. We've got a lot of these old classics like we've talked about. What is a worship leader nowadays to do? How do you balance 
old stuff, new stuff, uh, ma- a mashup stuff. Uh, Chris Tomlin does a lot of mashups where he takes a hymn, and you know, a lot of people are doing that. What's your advice to worship leaders as they're going, my catalog keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. How do I pick for my service? Man, I, you know, I'm always a big fan of serving your, your folks, you know? And so I think, a, I think, I don't know if there's like a, a, a right answer to that. I think mm-hmm. there's like the, the answer to that question is to just be asking questions. Um, I think that's more of the answer. What kind of questions? Questions like, what, what's my job? How can I use all the things that I have here? Like all of my quote talents mm-hmm. or gifts, um, being your gifts, musically, your voice, your heart, your knowledge, anything from that to your guitar or your the drums or their lack of drums or the screens or the smoke or the lights or all the, th- all the different mediums we have, like how can I best use these to display the best vision or sound of King Jesus? Mm. How can I best facilitate the lyric of these songs? And then you asked like, what lyric are we gonna sing? And I think that would just be like another question of like who, of, of these, these diagnostic questions. Right. Know, of like one, who is coming? It's real simple. Mm-hmm. Who's the person? Like, you know, Christian Radio boils that down to a, a lady named Becky. She's like 38. She's yeah. got two kids. You know, like who's that person in that church? Um, and that that's just true. There, there's, there's no getting around that. You know, there is something to be said like, oh, here's this person. Maybe we're tr- trying to attract her children. So we're, you know, but still like taking a diagnostic, here's who's coming. And then taking another diagnostic is here's the cards God's given us inside of our worship ministry. And that's going to also dictate the kind of songs you're going to sing. I've worked with, um, with bands at churches who, who love Hillsong and these doing these big tunes. Like they're genuinely like so ministered to them in their private time that they want to translate that to their corporate time. But it's just a train wreck, you know, because of the musical cards that they've been dealt Mm. And so I've sat in there and just like, this is just the most distracting thing I've ever heard. It's just horrible. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just hard to push through. It's hard to have any thoughts about the lyric or Jesus or anything. I'd just like, get me out of here now, Lord. <laughs> you know, and I'm not even, I'm not, I'm half the age of most people in the room. Yeah. And so I think to just taking a real diagnostic of who's coming and who you have in your band and then being um, like, just humbling yourself before the Lord to say like, with those two realities, what's the best way? to provide a meal for these folks. Yeah. Um, and like when I was working with that particular band, um, I, would, I went to a couple of their rehearsals and we ended up taking a nine person band down to uh, inst- instrumentally to a one person band. So it was just keys and there was five singers that could actually sing. Mm. And so we took it down to that and we did the same songs and it was fantastic. Yeah. So just just to kind of show an extreme point of like, here's the goal. The goal is really singing. The goal for us is to get people to sing um, and to to sing together, Um, not to usher in God's presence. Like, that's not our job. Mm. We don't like Jesus did that for us. Yeah. 
Like he's, he's the one who literally ushered in the presence of God, like the Holy Spirit who dwells inside the heart of man. Our job is not to conjure up the, the spirit or presence of God. Like he is who he is, where he is, whether we conjure him or not. It, it's, I'm not saying it's bad to say you're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Right. That, that's great. But the Holy Spirit is, is here, whether we welcome him or not. Our, our job is to, to, to lead songs in a way that the word of Christ might be dwell richly in us. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that, that the, the body might be encouraged. They might love the Lord in a way that um, we should love him, that we might see him in a way that, that he is indeed to be seen, like mm-hmm. how he's always looked. Um, and the Holy Spirit's all involved in that. But your job as a worship leader is to humbly lead songs. And so like, if your congregation is mainly 60 plus, then, then I probably would choose, you know, if you have four songs you're doing, I'd probably make three of those hymns and then have a wild card that you can have fun with and teach them. But I would probably arrange that song in a way that they could hear it and Mm. participate in it. And at the same time, if half of your congregation or most of your congregation is under 40, then man, I would do the opposite. So there's one hymn because they're great, yeah. but I would arrange that hymn in a way in a contemporary style where those people can get around it. And um, and so I think it's just being willing to humble yourself under like God's calling, not not culturally what we've always heard. Okay, here's here's what you're, I'm called to be a worship, I'm called to sing, I'm called to be a worship leader, I'm called to be, you know, this or that, or, um, you know, at all the, a lot of the worship language we've always heard of like, I'm the one who, uh, you know, and we, I hear it to this day and it's not even evil. It's just what we've always heard. Like you're going to lead us into God's presence. It's like, no, um, I think it's important to share who did do that for us. Uh, that's, that's super important to do, but that's a lot of pressure for a human. It's, it's not meant for a human. <laughs> right. A human can't handle that. Um, but a human can humbly stand up and be a shepherd and a pastor and a song leader. And, uh, and that just comes with a lot of humility. Um, you know, I think a lot of our worship leaders, we just want to do the songs we love and that's, and I understand that. And it took years, you know, of, of, of like for, for me personally, for God to just break me and break me and break me and break me. It's just like, man, I just, I'm not a big deal. And, uh, that's why the, my portions of this world mean so much to me because my tendency is to find that worth in what people think. Mm. And to find yeah. that worth and how I feel and how many people are lifting their hands and how many people are this and that. It's just, man, it just, it's just not, we, God loves us. Like we're his kids. We're co-heirs with Christ. That should bring a ton of pressure off of, of folks. It's just, you know, it's not, it's not our job to get people into it or um, it might be our job to motivate people to see Jesus um, and to love Jesus, but uh, that has a, a lot more to do with just humbly submitting to God and serving your folks. That may require you singing songs in a picking songs and also picking them in a style that you personally don't love very much. So what I'm hearing you say is it's a very delicate balance of assessment, what needs to happen, excellence of making sure that it doesn't stink. When you're when you're mm-hmm. playing, that is listenable and that it's mm-hmm. not getting in the way. 
but then at the same time, then getting out of the way so that the Holy Spirit can do what he does and help mm-hmm. us say, Lord, here's my heart, here's where I am. Mm-hmm. And that's more than just standing up and plugging your guitar in and and wailing the wailing the keys, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you how do how do we teach that to people? Because I mean, I, I, in this, I, I'm not against churches coming out with with their own albums. I think you know people need to write songs a, around what their congregation is going through. I'm not against that at all. But how do we stop being the well? We need to be the hill songs. We need to be the the gateway community and and get to where I understand with my heart that I am helping people express what it is that Jesus means to us and how we worship, again, getting it back to the worship piece. How do you teach that? I think, I mean, I think you can boil that down to like, we just, I mean, we, we are called, we are called to serve, you know, as, as leaders, we are called to, to serve the body. I think, like Shane said, a diagnostic would be, man, is is this a way that I'm serving the body or am I serving myself? Mm. Um, I think it's easy to look at a gateway or an elevation or a hill song or whoever and say, that's how it's done, you know, or that's, that's what six that's what success looks like but i i i would say that i i don't know if that's true because it's it's not kind of meeting everybody where they are mm-hmm. i mean when you look at like the landscape of the church in our country anyway it's not that i mean those are a handful of things right. where they put that's where they put their they put a lot of time talent and resource into those things like a lot yeah like more than most have, hmm. you know, yeah. like uh, they spend thousands of hours on those things. Those are not, that's not random. Right. They have built systems over many, many years to develop, curate, cultivate, produce a product that you see. Yeah. And is it, is it helpful for the body? Sure. I'm not saying it's not. But it's different than Second Baptist Church in a town of six thousand people, with four hundred people and you know ten volunteers on the worship team. You can't compare yourself to to elevation. You can't you can't do that. It's like that 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 is a that is a losing battle. Like because it's just like this is how worship happens. It's just like no, that's not that's not true. Like you don't need to believe that lie. It, the the thing is, it's like what you, if you write songs, like write songs. I don't say, I mean, writing songs is a great thing. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, you don't, like Shane said, it's like, man, what we're going to do is we want to serve. We want to serve in the context that the Lord has put us in. How do we do that, man? We're going to love people. We're going to, and we're going to try to set the table yeah. that when people walk out of here, hopefully they remember they remember, like you said earlier, that the blood of Christ is bigger than my sin. Yeah. I want them to remember that Jesus paid it all. You know, I want them to remember that he's with me in the fire. I want I want them to remember that I can do all things through Christ through Christ who strengthens me. Like I can get up and I can love my wife, or I can love my husband, who does not deserve my love, or I can love my kids by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it's like, what are we, how are we going to meet people in a way 
that presses them on to to be salt and light in the community and where they are. Like that is the like that's why we get up in the morning, you know. And if you don't, like I mean, we we always have to check ourselves for those things, you know. But it's just like why? What's the why? And it's just like well, God's called me to serve my brother. That's why. How do I serve my brother? How do I build? How do we build each other up for in the faith and to go out and to be the image bearers of Christ? What do we need to do? How do we do that the best way? Yeah. You know, and so that's what that's our motivation. That is the call on our life. The call is not to be Chris Tomlin. That's not the call on our life. So like a question might be when we're on the road, how do I get to do what you do? It's just like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, we've said this for years. What do, what do you do? Well, I, you know, I, I volunteer with a youth worship band on Wednesday nights. And, uh, you know, I lead on Sunday morning once a month. And it's like, oh, so you do what we do. You're doing this. You're doing something similar. Yeah. Are you really asking, how do I do what you do, make more money and do it in front of more people? What do you ask? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the Lord might do that in your life. And I'm not saying that that's neither one of them is bad, but I think what, what our motivation, hopefully we try to encourage people. It's just like, man, serve the Lord faithfully where you're planted. You know what I mean? And if that, if that is the desire of your heart, man, be excellent in what you do, like work hard to do it. But it's like, but serve where you're planted, you know, and and you, you never know what can happen. And I think there's things that you can do practically to help help those things. And we could talk about that, but it's like we need to find our identity in Christ, yeah. not in in what we do. And let me tell you something: the stage for the believer is cancerous. I don't. I wouldn't wish. I wouldn't wish this on anybody. Wow. If you want to get if the applause of man, even whatever your motivation might be. The more people that stand up and clap for you is is signing up for cancer hmm. because we in our core want to be God. We all want to be God. We all want to be the boss hmm. of our life and we want to get the glory. Like it's just the, it's the it's the flesh that wars against the spirit. And so we're like, man, Walk into it with fear and trembling, man, because this right here, this right here has killed more people who love Jesus mm. than anything I know of. Like, I, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just look at the carnage. There's a lot of it, you know, it's just like, be faithful where you're planted. Love Jesus and pray that if you, if you stand on a stage, pray that he would guard your heart be in the word, be in community, because it's hard. It's, it's hard. What I love about what you said is this direction and guidance is not if, not only if you're a musician, but it can be if you're a bookkeeper or if you're, oh, yeah. you know, whatever we're doing, we need to make sure we're in the, the focus of, am I being a servant to help usher people in by helping car, park cars in the parking lot? Absolutely. Am I being a servant by being the guy who's unclogging the toilet in the church bathroom? Man. How can I usher people into a relationship with Jesus because of the skills, the gifts, the talents that I have? And it doesn't necessarily just have to be that 
call for the people who are standing on stage. Absolutely. Yep. First Peter four, seven says this, the end or starting in seven, the end of all things is at hand, which should say something to us. <laughs> Therefore be self-controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, loving one another earnestly, since love mm. covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Mm. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another Yes, as good stewards of God's varied mm. grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, that God supplies yes. in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So that's like, it's just, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's just, you get, we probably just should have said that like 15 minutes ago when this question started mm -hmm. um, and just submit to God's word. It's so hard. Like yeah. Shane said, we, our default is, is pride and we want this and we want that. And we want to feel this way. And we want to feel that way. Um, but man, just God's word is active. It's living. Um, it cuts to the core of who we are and by his grace, you know, he is able to keep us from stumbling. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the brand new album, Worship in the Word. Every yeah. single one of these songs is tied to a verse, a chapter, uh, Worship in the Word. Talk about kind of the impetus behind the album, and then and then let's talk a little bit about Your Ways, which is the song we're going to feature. So uh, this is another example of God just opening doors um, in our life. Uh, one, one door is... Um, Right now, media who we partnered with okay. um, to, to to create actually episodes behind every song, oh. and so if your church doesn't have a membership to Right Now Media, um, I would start asking questions about that because it is amazing. It's an amazing resource for families, um, a streaming platform just from your TV, um, just just filled with a, just a slew of amazing content, mm -hmm. and so um, so these songs all represent like. 15 to 18 minute episodes okay. um, where we sing, we have, we did, we, all these songs we did live with families and kids. And then there's questions from kids and there's a teaching. Um, and so we're, we're just trying to hit another thing door that God's opened is uh, a full-time women's ministry in our life mm -hmm. in the form of uh, seven daughters between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and uh they're all sort of in that age group, most of them, um, you know, kind of between that sort of VeggieTales five and under crew yeah. and the maybe Hillsong United 13 and above crew. Yeah. And they all sit in this space where um, we've just developed a passion um, for them to encounter God through song. Like not, you don't have to be corny and cheesy about it. Right. Like you can, you can actually pray to God, pray his word. Mm. And it can actually be authentic. It doesn't have to be goof goof, you know. And um, I mean, that's fun. I love it. I love. I love that. I've loved huge fan of Veggie Tales. We've done a ton of it, and and all the scripture memory stuff and all yep. that. But we're looking for for all that fuel we've been putting on, you know, in, uh, building up a, a pile of wood. We want a spark of, of fire to ignite that, you know, the Holy Spirit to just come around it, and for them to say real things to God. And so cool. these songs are uh, filled with their voices, um, but they're really just songs written out of God's word. So there's there's quite a bit of scripture memory just tucked in. Yeah. Um, and uh, definitely like took a, you know, a key verse and sort of like expanded out, out on it on the song. So couldn't be more excited. Yeah, Very cool. Awesome. Super fun. Uh, your Ways. Talk a little bit about that. 
your ways. Isaiah 55. That's right. That's um, it's one of my favorite chapters of all the, all the scriptures. Um, simple song that uh, we want to remind ourselves. And in that, actually, that, that word, remind myself, happens a couple of times in the song. So when I run into this, I want to remind myself of this. That about as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how high your ways are above my ways. Trying my way, chasing the wind, went astray in sinking sand. God's thoughts are, you know, it's about as high as the heaven, however high that is, yeah. that's just a good measure of our tiny, tiny little pea brain and God's thoughts and ways. And then it has this bridge of, of, of that's just a prayer of like, show me your, if that's true, then show me your ways, give me your thoughts, you know? And so, and, and often like these songs are that they're like stating the truth of scripture. And then there's a prayer section where it's praying the truth of scripture of like, okay, if that's true, then would you show this to me, teach this to me. 
Well, speaking of prayer, I end every podcast this way. Saturdays, I send out a newsletter to a bunch of folks who have agreed to pray for musicians. How can we specifically be praying for Shane and Shane and the work you're doing in the weeks and the months coming up? In particular, as it applies to worship ministry, just that God would give us words or writing for a few different things, um, that he would fill us, uh, speaking of his thoughts, (laughs) and uh, that he would fill us with his thoughts. And he's given us this precious book, but just ways to get that book into a song that would be seriously awesome. and yeah, and just for our families, our, our little women's ministries. I have four daughters. Shane's got three daughters. Um, you know, that they would love him and see him and that he would help us in general just to walk humbly and mm. serve them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Those are great. That's great prayers. And just our little our little team here, man, you know, that we, we could do our part to sing the word and, and help people eliminate distractions in their life, you know, to to realize their position as we realize our position in the kingdom of God. That takes the Holy Spirit to do those things. You know, it's just like we are desperate for him to to do the work as we pursue him. And so as we pursue him, we just pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to do the work of sanctification in our life. I hope you found this episode to be helpful as you consider what it means to be a servant. Did you catch that the challenge to serve just isn't about serving on the platform at church? These concepts will work whether you are in front of an audience or working behind the scenes. One purpose of this podcast has always been to showcase the importance of community, and the scriptures that Shane shared highlight that perfectly. 1 Peter 4.8 says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. And moving on to verse 11, it says, Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. So no matter what your role is in the community you are in, God is asking us to show love and to care for each other. And we do that, the scripture says, we bring glory to God through Christ Jesus. Closing out the podcast today, I want to thank Shane and Shane for permission to share their songs, My Portion, Tis So Sweet, and Your Ways. These songs come from three different albums that you can pick up over at shaneandshane.com, and I'll leave the link in the show notes. And you can be sure to check out their latest album, Worship in the Word, which just came out this month in the month of February. So you can stream all of those albums wherever you get your music, and I sure encourage you to do so. As always, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. I am grateful that we get to spend this time together each week hearing stories of God's amazing faithfulness. As a regular listener to this podcast, would you mind taking a few minutes and rating it on your favorite podcast app? Reviews and ratings really help spread the word so that other folks can hear about these great conversations. And if you have comments or questions for me, please feel free to drop me a message on any of the social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon by searching for at CCMExchange. Or you can always drop me an email on the website christianmusicarchive.com. 
I'm really looking forward to our time together next week when I have another great conversation with one of the musicians you'll find on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. So until then, remember this. God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you. <laughs>